What's up, fam? Are y'all ready to learn? Because there's going to be some learning up in here today. Uh, <laughs> this week we have Jamie Fitz on. Uh, he is here to talk about nanotechnology, a subject I have no idea a- anything about it at all. And it's great because it's fun. Uh, it's really interesting. And he was able to uh, dumb it down for me in a very fun way. And uh, Jamie is a very interesting character. I have seen this man completely obliterated at a party. Just just like laying down, hunched over a chessboard, right? Playing somebody who seems to be completely in their right mind and just owning them on the board, like cornering them on the board within like, you know, 30 minutes, which is, I mean, good for, a, for I think it was like midnight chessboard game. Anyways, insane. Also, like him pursuing uh, a PhD in nanotechnology is very inspiring to me just because like uh, a recent realization of mine is, you know, trying to have other interests besides, you know, stand up and outside of my work. And uh, obviously he's very tired all the time, but he like, he doesn't let that get in the way of him pursuing both of these things. And so uh, it's it's. Again, very inspiring, and uh, I'm glad that I was able to have him on to talk about something that he's so passionate about, and to really, I I mean, I did actually learn some things, so uh, I hope you do too, and I hope you enjoy the episode. Thanks. It's it's talent. (laughs) I wish. One one day, right? (laughs) That's Um, the goal. But, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, 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 Jamie Fitz... Patrick Fitzpatrick? Just Fitzpatrick. Yeah. Okay, cool. I didn't know. I almost said Fitzgerald, to be honest with you. I think it's just like Fitz on social media, because okay. I don't want too many people finding my <laughs> social media and saying like, hey, this dude tweeted gross stuff. Should we let him have a job at our company? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. It's, it, that's a weird thing, especially with having a podcast. But yeah. Steve McJones is not my real name, so like... Oh, there you go. Yeah, it kind of works out. But but yeah, so how did you... Um, I guess, where did you grow up around here? Uh, my dad grew up in Abington, um, uh, but I grew up around D.C., like Maryland, right outside of D.C. Uh, is where I hailed from, but I always came up here to visit family, so that's how I ended up in Philly. I was like choosing schools. I was like Drexel, boom. Drexel. Yeah, so it, University of Maryland uh, is what we call 13th grade when I was in high school because like everyone went there. I loved visiting friends there, but it genuinely felt like I was still in high school going around. And I was like, I need to challenge myself socially a little, <laughs> you know, yeah. like I need to make some new friends. Definitely. Yeah, and then and then you get to college and you realize you can't make any friends. <laughs> and that was the issue. I was like, damn, <laughs> Maybe I, I, should I forgot that I'm a loser and all my friends are also losers. <laughs> no, that's what happened to me, basically. I was like, I went to a farther school mm. and there were like two other people from my school that went there. Yeah. Like the first year you just spend with those people that you weren't yeah. even really friends with before. <laughs> that's one of my best friends, uh, Megan Brennan. She went to Drexel from high school freshman year and like we bear we ran in such different circles in high school and then we now we're literally best friends was hanging out with her all weekend oh. cat dogging with her on the couch oh yeah, yeah cat, <laughs> cat dogging i understand that i got the reference i don't the i don't want to way with no sexual context to share a bed <laughs> with another person actually that's how you do it You're, like chris i call it crisscross applesauce because i don't know the, the term for it but cat dogging cat dogging dude yeah. that totally works one head on both ends yeah i like that that's good stuff i'm gonna use that for forever now <laughs> uh. <Go> ahead. <laughs> yeah. uh but okay so like uh did you know 
like in high school, did you have the trajectory towards the nan? Is it? Can I just call it nanotechnology? Nanotechnology, uh, nanomaterials, but it's it, it's all sort of lumped in with materials science and engineering. Okay. Um, and I in high school, I knew I wanted to be an engineer or a scientist. I argued that I knew that at like a very young age. Yeah. You know, like <laughs> I was the kid that I was brilliant when I was five. <laughs> And it was going to save the world with nanotechnology. I'm not brilliant, just interested in, in the subject, I think. You know, because I was the kind of kid who, like, took a lot of shit apart. And, like, okay. me and my friends were like, oh, we're going to be inventors. And we're like, we're never going to get laid. That's our plan. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's awesome. Yeah. So it was, like, inherent in you. Yeah. Uh, I mean, dude, who wasn't inspired by Jimmy Neutron? That's and, true. I did want to, yeah. And, like... There were a lot of like just geniuses. I, I was, I was more of a, next door. The technology they did, did engineering at the wazoo. See, I lean more towards uh, like Sherlock Holmes though. Like a same, oh, yeah, yeah. similar like intelligent mm. character, but it was like he used his brain. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, but that's awesome. Yeah. So, uh, what was the first thing that you like put together and like created? Oh man, you should. It's a lot easier for me to say the first things I took apart. Okay, I, <laughs> and that was I think like. I would literally just take all my parents' shit from around the house and like be like, oh, I took their printer apart. My parents would be like, oh my <laughs> fucking God, put it back together. I was like, I have not learned how to do that yet. And you're really weaponizing your parental authority over my neurotypical behavior. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's crazy though. Like that's how you, it's interesting how that's how you started just like pulling things apart. Um, because again, like, I mean, say if we're relating it to like stand up or mm -hmm. like another type of skill, um, that it's again, it's like you have to be able to like pull things together and form, yeah. you know, a thought about something, like at least for art. In my yeah. Opinion. And I think there's sort of this conjunction between art and science there, too, where it's like, you know, a big way to figure anything out is to pull it apart. And I think that you could argue that's similar with a mm -hmm. joke, too. That's although. True. I've also heard, uh, I think I heard Steve Martin saying in like a podcast at one point that it's the opposite for a joke that like the second that you try and figure out what's funny, mm -hmm. the second it stops being funny, you know? <laughs> so maybe, maybe that's why I haven't been successful instead of because I'm looking too into things. Pulling yeah. things apart. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, everyone's got, that's such an interesting thing about stand-up is there's no like right way to do it mm. you know everyone can give you advice but at the end of the day everyone's different right and you just have to find what works best for you yeah it's one of the weirdest things because like even like with painting mm -hmm. there's like certain techniques you can learn yeah. like art brush you know brushing and things and yeah poking and you know the jabbing but uh but yeah with stand-up is like First of all, it's not other comics are focused on their own thing. They're not really yeah. trying to give advice or techniques or anything. Yeah, some some people are nice. <laughs> some people are nice. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but again, it's as for like techniques and styles, it's just like well, you kind of just have to figure your, your, yeah. your own out. Exactly. And uh, for me, that was so hard because you know I was having an identity crisis when I started. Mm. And, <laughs> That's and how like, everyone starts stand up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, yeah, just be yourself on stage. I'm like, what? <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I guess pulling things apart, like uh, you know, pulling your printer apart. Where did how did it progress? So when did you start looking into how to put them back together? I guess. I mean, I 
got like books on science and stuff for Christmas. This one video of me, like a home video of us opening Christmas presents in my family, and it was like the first microscope I got when I was maybe six years old. And a microscope is yeah, so you are um, a nerd, dude. I know, dude. It's, uh, <laughs> how many women listen to this podcast? <laughs> Zero. You're fine. It's okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm like, free. I'm like, microscope, and I'm like, oh my god, dude, how? That's awesome, though. I mean, it's I have an interest in it, and I think because of that, I always did pretty well with like math and science classes, mm. even though you know, in terms of like certain humanities and stuff, obviously, you know, not as well because I didn't find some interest in it. I mean, now I think I try to learn about like a lot but okay but back like, in the day in schools like i only want to learn about this shit i don't care about the english language yeah. <laughs> well yeah i mean that's fair i've heard somebody put the yeah. the school system as like an, all right imagine you're going to school full-time and you also have to work a part-time job yeah and you have to learn chemistry <laughs> math english science spanish uh, and yeah. like you know all these other, all these other regular it's ones. crazy how much you know it is crazy, but I I, I kind of like the generalistic learning of it. But me too. It was a lot easier. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was so easy. Um, yeah, but so I, I guess uh, when did it start to hone in? I guess so after high school. Yeah. So you know, in high school, middle school. I mean, in middle school, actually, like I went to a Catholic school at a young age. Then I went to like a magnet gifted talented program, which is a bullshit term for like get them out of a Catholic school. Uh, <laughs> elementary school for fourth and fifth grade they had a school a transition school for you yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome um and then tried to go to like a gifted middle school in sixth grade but it was really like in a bad neighborhood and they're like we can increase diversity if we say it's gifted and i was like cool and i took classes on like robotics and astronomy and fucking chinese in sixth grade and also got robbed like three times because i was what yeah, dude, you, I mean, I was a little pussy-ass kid. <laughs> yeah, that's wild, though. But it's not, I mean, it was still, like, for sixth graders. Then, just went to public school. I was like, I'd rather do this. Well, did you find that you learned a lot from that, like, selected learning? Yeah, I think that it was super cool learning about the stuff in that, you know, breadth as much as you feasibly could as, like, a sixth grader. Like, I wasn't... I don't think I was actually any smarter than any other sixth grader. They were just giving us different like opportunities. Yeah, I just grew up in an area that had that opportunity, and I think that like for that, I do you think that provided like a base, like yeah, of like your knowledge and it probably motivated you even more to continue along, like pursuing. Yeah, absolutely. I think you know, if anything, if I hadn't been robbed, I'd probably be a way bigger nerd now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no, that's fair. They toughened you up a little bit with that. Um, nice. But uh, yeah, and then going into high school, you know, like I said, I feel like I always like the thing that I had a natural talent for was like the math. Like I had to go to high school to take a more advanced math class when I was in eighth grade. I had to like. Oh, you were a nerd. Dude. I know, dude. Fucking, it's awesome though. I love it. That's what it's, because again, like. Yeah. Uh, being a nerd, a lot of people, sometimes there's like things that you can be nerdy about that are nerdy, but being a nerd in general towards anything is usually just a sign of passion. You know, exactly. you're just yeah. excited about something. You get so excited that you don't care what other people think, you know, it's like, yeah. yeah. And then there's also stuff that's downright nerdy, yeah. which I succumb to as well. Who doesn't love a good game of Dungeons and Dragons? Yeah. <laughs> as you're wearing a Spider-Man shirt. Oh, you know? uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That'll relate maybe in a bit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, really? I'm, I'm 
on too much Adderall right now, dude. I'm really <laughs> walking to the door of even touching on nanotechnology, which is the reason <laughs> I am. We're really good. All right. Well, I'm sorry. Yeah, let's get into um, it. Yeah, well, but like I said, you know, math and science and all that stuff, I always knew I wanted to do engineering. And part of the reason I chose to go to Drexel was I liked the idea of a co-op where I'd get hands-on engineering experience, like yeah. three full-time jobs for six months at a time. <sighs> Worked at Crayola for a bit. Got a patent there. A patent? Yeah. That's a big deal. Yeah. it's. I mean, it helped me get my foot in the door and some jobs and stuff. Nice. Yeah, what was the patent? It was like a modeling compound. Like a Are you a pol- model, dude? That's yeah, awesome. like a polymer clay, you know, kind of thing. Okay. It was, I just made a new one for them that was like food grade, but it was built on the work of like... Like, uh, my name's just on the patent. It's, uh, you know, a bunch of other people who are smarter than me who really did a lot of it, too. Well, and that's kind of what the paper you're writing about is, like, we were talking about. It's like, those are things that have already been kind of pre-established. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, So, yeah, so once you started getting those jobs, did you find that you were taking to that, the, you know, the information even more so than you were thinking that you would in high school? Yeah, I think that, you know, obviously going from learning, like, a billion different things a day in high school to like narrowing down the knowledge in college. I was like, okay, I know, you know, I just went in general engineering my freshman year. I took one course on materials and I was like, this is it. It's materials because the breadth of applications within that field is it's like so interesting. I remember just seeing examples like, oh, look, we've super cooled, you know, this neobidium magnet and now it, levitates on a table you know or we've, oh, we, you know, we have these polymer foams that you know expand massively and then harden is the applications of all these things are so you so were like cool really getting into that jimmy neutron stuff oh yeah, yeah and i was like just because you know i i grew up reading a ton of comics too and i was just you know you see the stuff big hero six dude oh i love big hero six yeah, yeah that's and that's a great example of like engineering at its finest. As, yeah. As, yeah. <laughs> as like a superpower. Yeah. Because that's, you know, my favorite superheroes were always like Spider-Man, fucking Iron Man. Batman. Batman. People who like, were like, oh, here's technology and we're going to use it. Right. Yeah. And took advantage of that as yeah. opposed to like, you know, getting a mutation or yeah. like, you know. <laughs> Well, Spider-Man did both. All right. Yeah. True. <laughs> sure. Sure. I've been microwaving spiders and letting them bite me for years. And if anything, it has only given me awful diseases. <laughs> And just a really bad mindset, too, you know? Um, but I think those spiders were depressed, and they gave me their yeah. That's where it comes from. But, uh, no, yeah, so then that's also So when you started getting into that, that was probably really cool for you to see. Yeah. And then did you start realizing, when, like, when I find that I get into, like, a new, you know, level of uh, an interest in a hobby or something... It expands into like, okay, now what do I even do within this range of things that you can do? Once you get your foot into the door of some new thing, it's like, whoa, this is a world that I have so much to learn about and you don't even know which direction to turn. Right. And within materials in general, there's so much to do. You know, there's a lot of different focuses on like polymers and soft materials. uh, And then there's uh, ceramic materials, metals... Um, a lot of stuff like that. Yeah. So how did you decide, you know, how to proceed? Uh, 
I thought that Nano made the most sense. Um, I, I ended up doing a specialization track in it. Um, cool. And now, as I, may have, I, I mentioned to you, but just for on the record here, I guess, um, <laughs> pursuing a PhD in nanomaterials. Well, this guy pursuing a PhD. <laughs> yeah, no, you're but, um, <laughs> And it's because I, I think that it's sort of the same thing to do a little callback here. Hmm dissecting something to figure out how it works that's what nano materials that's what the study of nano anything is nano is a standard prefix that mm -hmm. means 10 to the negative sixth one millionth and it just refers to technology and materials that are viewed at a scale of one millionth of a meter mm. so it's just really small stuff. Yeah, like, it's in, well, yeah. it goes back to the microscope you got in your six. Yeah, <laughs> you know, when you look at something that close, you start to see how tiny little changes to something at such a small level can affect such enormous properties at a macroscopic scale. Right. You know, you change slightly the atomic structure of something and you've got an entirely different material now. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Go, yeah. For, do you have an example of that? Uh, just in terms of like, okay, let's think about this. Carbon is mm -hmm. the backbone of life. And so every organic molecule is carbon-based as far as we know. Uh, <laughs> right. Um, silicon theoretically has the potential for it. Uh, <laughs> but it's such an interesting compound because when you look at a lump of coal or graphite, that's carbon. That's mm. just carbon, but it's loose amorphous carbon in this structure that's not really organized. The atoms are, they're bonded with each other, but they're messy, mm. you know. But if those atoms are organized in the right way, in the right crystallographic structure, that same lump of coal, that same bit of graphite becomes a diamond. Oh, wow. You know? It's like a cleaner connection in a way? It's Yeah, it's the structure of it. It's just the way that it's laid out at that nano, that pico scale, where wow. it's so close. So it's it's interesting, you know? Yeah, yeah. So that kind of, like, you already had taken, like, a, fa like a specified track within nanotechnology. Within material science, yeah. Within material science. Yeah. And then you saw, like, you know, how much, you know, that part that you were just talking about, how it affects everything. And so then, how you know, what was just the natural kind of, like, next step, you know, from there? My priority, honestly, was getting out of college and getting a job. And I did, <laughs> you know, I would have loved to have gotten a job in nanotechnology, but there, it's a pretty in-depth field, you mm -hmm. know, because it's not like... It's hard to come right out of college and be like, oh, I'm working right in nano. Um, right. Which is why you're getting a PhD, probably. Essentially, yeah. Because the first job I got out of college was working with polymers. So it was material science, but it was like making polymer blends for lubricative oils. Um, but I did get to do some analysis that was related to nanotechnology, you know. But nanotechnology is not, I mean, it's materials in general is what is interesting about it. So any experience I could get, I was like, cool. And now my job is working with water filtration membranes where you do actually get to see, you know, water is diffusing through these on the micro and the nano scale. And you're saying, you know, how are we affecting the properties of this polymer membrane to 
clean water better to, you know, you're saying uh, these Make poor, it more efficient. Yeah. So, you know, you want water to go through, but nothing else to go through. Right. So you want to make a membrane with pores that are small enough to stop big things like viruses and bacteria from going through, but the material still has to be porous enough to let water through. Is water like a, you know, a pretty, is it, does it work uh, in your favor, the, the, the compound structure does to like get through the polymer? Um, yeah. The, what, yeah. It's, it's one of the smaller ones. I yeah. Know. I mean, water's, you know, two hydrogens on an oxygen. It's a very small compound. Okay. It's easy enough to get through things. You're talking about, you know, removing biological phalanx and stuff. And they're usually larger, you know, you're talking about cells that are made up of many more mm -hmm. things. So viruses can be pretty small. Um, and this has been relevant too, even though coronavirus is not waterborne. Mm -hmm. uh, it's something to consider still that when you're making any sort of filter, virus exclusion is usually pretty tricky because viruses are typically small. And you can say like, oh, we made this membrane and the average pore size is 25 nanometers. The You know, these viruses are... 50 nanometers in size, say, I don't know, <laughs> that's just making it up, but, yeah. um, you still have, that's your average pore size. You still might end up with some pores larger, some pores smaller, so you could still end up letting them in. So it's very tricky to specifically design some membranes for excluding certain things. Okay. And yeah. so you, that's at least right now, that's kind of what you're working on. Anti-fouling as well. Um, but, I mean, most of what I'm doing right now is in the service of a company. You know, it's we're trying to sell these chemicals to other companies that make water filtration membranes. And I'm doing the research and development that's saying, hey, this is why you should buy our stuff. We've got these grades of polymers that are going to be much more useful if this is, like, the efficiency that you want in your membranes. Mm-hmm. Okay, so again, it's, it comes back to that efficiency, yes, a little bit. Which to relate to comedy, <laughs> it really <laughs> kind of it, yeah. again, it's trimming down the fat, and uh, I think it, I mean that goes for most industries as well as you know, um, if you know, making processes more efficient, yeah, uh, especially within engineering and um, you know, technology in, gen uh, in general. I had a buddy of mine who's uh, he does robotics mm -hmm. uh, oh, and cool. gets down into like the. I actually had him on to talk about it, but it's basically. I mean, their goal is literally not only efficiency within the processes, mm. but also, you know, how small can they make these things to optimize and utilize the space and, and oh, create yeah. faster and longer Exactly, yeah. Robotics, that's, I mean, super cool stuff. Because yeah. there's so much that goes into it because there's the mechanical aspect, but then yeah. there's also, like, the software aspect where you're... That's a huge thing for creating efficiencies. Within the software, you want a code to basically run from A to B, A being your input and B being your output as smooth as possible. Mm -hmm. And some of the best coders can be like, make all that happen. Mm -hmm. and that's what separates some like really quality code from some not so great code that might take more roundabout way to achieve something, which once you compute millions of times adds computing time and power, removes mm -hmm. efficiency. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, yeah. So are, are there like... I guess kind of, I'm um, just curious a little bit, I guess is a little tangent, but like 
for your job, the research that you do, do you research like other people's work or do you like test and, you know, do the experiments yourself? It's, it's both, you know, and in any research and development or just research job, then it's building off a knowledge base that already exists Mm -hmm. and then using your own work to expand upon that. So it's, you know, looking up the literature that's out there, patents and our articles and journals that have existed and say, Hey, this is what we found when we're looking into this phenomena. We found that like, if you make membranes and add these silver nanoparticles that they have an anti-fouling effect against, you know, biological fouling that'll gunk up the membranes that'll stop that from happening. So like, okay, so now we can try that and then we can see if that works better with this grade of polymer, you know, we can see if maybe what if we decrease the concentration, but try, you know, binding them with a hydrophilic compounds so that they extract more to the surface. Mm, so you have to not have to know how each, you know, type of compound and everything affects each other's Yeah. Everything structure relies on something else. When that comes yeah. down again to what you're talking about, how mm-hmm. like even the smallest little things can affect exactly. it's, you know, the entire system. Yeah. And that's, uh, there, there's a lot that goes into that. And, um, Nanotechnology is interesting in that sense, too, because it's a pretty new field, relatively. If you think about it, like, if you think about engineering in general, that's thousands of years old as, like, a concept. It's the first caveman who banged two rocks together was engineering, was building something, you know. And we may have been doing stuff at smaller scales for a while, but nanotechnology, in many regards, people uh, say that it was born of a certain speech by uh, Richard Feynman. Mm. He was a professor who was giving a speech. I can look it up, but it was in like the 50s, I want to say. Okay. It's called, there's plenty of room at the bottom, though. There's plenty of room at the bottom. An invitation to enter a new field of physics was a lecture given by physicist Richard Feynman at the annual American Physical Society meeting at Caltech on December 29th, 1959. But this is actually, while I was driving here, I have these two things in my car that are not relevant to engineering at all. They're relevant to the fact that I like to go to music festivals and people do weird things there, including they have... So I'll, I'll explain the Richard Feynman speech. Sure, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he said, by all accounts, he like winged this speech and was like super energetic, like... On a bunch of Adderall. I, I, I hope. <laughs> uh, but he came in and he was like, hey, I want you all to imagine this. We have hands, right? And we can build things with them. What if we used our regular size hands and we were able to build a set of robotic hands that are half the size of our hands? We're talking, we got some tiny hands right here, right? Oh. <laughs> so now... For, for the audience, by the way, he put a little hand on his little finger. Yes. One of those little... I don't, yeah. It's a tiny hand. It's just a tiny little hand. Richard Feynman incarnate right here. And then he said, what if we then take these tinier robotic hands? I'm going to take a picture of you like this, by the way. You're going to want to wait a second because he said, we take these robotic hands that are half the size of our hands (laughs) and we use them to make robotic hands that are half the size of those hands. (laughs) Oh my God. That's awesome. 
Yeah, so these are my cars. Like, these are getting used to talk about plenty of room at the bottom because this is literally exactly what he was saying. It's like, we can basically keep regressing and making tinier hands until eventually we have tiny little robot hands that are so small they can move around atoms. But there's so much to consider in that too because he basically said that once you get down to a certain size, you have to consider normal physics sort of breaks down, right? Because quantum physics or whatever? Quantum physics is, in a sense, part of it, but it's also the fact that, you know, there's normal forces that we experience because we're regular-sized people. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, gravity is the big thing, you know? So when you're talking about, oh, how are we going to build... You know, this mechanical structure, you think, oh, well, you got to do all this stuff and, you know, attach things and make sure that they move against gravity and all this stuff and normal attractive repulsive forces. But when you start getting very small, there's forces that govern how the universe works, like atomic forces, van der Waals interactions, things that exist between atoms and molecules that are incredibly weak compared like because they're so small but what it at that size they're actually super strong you know like the bond in an atom is so strong that if you split it you can destroy two cities in japan you know <laughs> yeah the, the nuclear reaction right exactly yeah that's crazy so it and that's the thing is like you're saying like they're so small like that it's almost they're bond together by the weakest little things but if they're just like, basically, at the atomic structure, this is kind of how I think about it, is there's just space in between all the Exactly, atoms. yeah, but there's force holding it together. There's attractive and repulsive forces that atoms interact with, and the thing is, they're not actually weak forces. I mean, there are technically, by definition, weak and strong atomic forces, okay. but these forces that hold atoms, that bond atoms together, and that, you know cause interactions between atoms and molecules are so strong they're just essentially in such small doses at that size but if you basically what Feynman was saying is that when you start getting smaller you have to account for the fact that things are going to have to work differently and that's the thing you see in a lot of like micro uh, fluidics like fluid dynamics um, is governed by a certain set of equations but once you get into tiny little capillaries it's like you know how pipettes work like nothing's coming out of there because it's such a small tube Mm. when you get to tiny little flows of fluid you have to consider it's like oh this is going to work totally differently than like water going through a pvc pipe you Mm. know and you can use but you just have to figure out a new set of governing equations well, and for so things are there at that already, scale. Like, pre-established like laws or you know theories or rules. Yeah, that... there's equations that you have to just introduce, and it makes basically manufacturing anything at smaller scales more complicated because you have to throw in the fact that like, oh, now we're considering not just you know how is this thing going to interact with normal forces, but oh, like now we got to consider. Is this thing's got to deal with like electroosmotic flow and weird shit that exists at these tiny scales? Can you explain what what is it? Electroosmotic flow. Um, that is. It's been a while since my microfluidics class. Uh, (laughs) 
but that's uh, it's, it's essentially a form of controlled fluid flow um, that's used in lab on a chip devices uh, for using an electrical current to push fluids through tiny capillaries. Mm. Um, so you can use that for what purpose? In a in a like a tiny uh, lab on a chip device is essentially a tiny chip that you can put the entire workings of a laboratory experiment on. Oh wow. So essentially just, you know, tiny f- chemical flows and interactions that you can put on there and using that you can have one small chip that you could use to diagnose cancers and diseases rather than going through an entire lab setup to figure it out. Just say, "Oh, hey, use this and then it'll take a sample of the blood, run through it, it'll turn red if this is a tumor cell and blue if it's not or something like that. Dang. Yeah. 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 So technology like that for diagnostics exists and also for treating things. You can get tiny nanoparticles that you can selectively essentially use to, you can get them to selectively match with tumor cells, sort of. Okay. So tumor cells being different than the other cells, if you were able to get a sample of them, you can get nanoparticles to have specific selective like attachments to them that make them only bind with those tumorous cells and not with other cells because right. they're spe- they're specified to that and then you can isolate them yeah and, pull and them put out. certain drug deliveries in those nanoparticles so you essentially inject the nanoparticles oh, wow. into the body they circulate through the body they only bind to the tumoric cells yeah and they deliver treatment to them. Some that is some Iron Man shit, dude. Yeah, <laughs> fucking tight, dude. That's what's so cool is you can go down at this level and say, okay, like totally widen the array of things that you can do mm-hmm. with this kind of technology. Right. Yeah. Um, so I mean, what other? I mean. I mean, there's a couple different ways you can go with this, but, like, basically, what other, like, major uses, at least for you, are you extremely, like, excited to see about new newer projects and uh, new... Um, and it, this could kind of go into what the essay that you're writing about, because yeah. you've already... You explain the essay a little bit. Oh, that's just... I'm it. just uh, writing a personal statement to finish up the PhD application, um, mm-hmm. which is... Uh, just for context, I already... I, I, I was accepted for a master's degree... Um, in the UPenn nanos, nanotechnology program, mm-hmm. uh, which I was told my work would pay for, and then through a zany little situation, that's not happening anymore. Oh. So I was like, all right, let's skip a few middlemen. Instead of putting myself into debt, pursue a PhD where it's, it'll be funded and, you know, I won't be making a bunch of money, but it'll be enough to get by. Mm-hmm. And I'll be doing the research that I want to do. And right. the research that I want to do specifically, to answer your question, I'd say... Um, there's a lot of super cool stuff that's going on in the world of nanotechnology. And like I said, the applications are wide ranging to say the least. I mean, you're talking fucking spider silk is a, a sort of a nanomaterial that's stronger than steel that spiders can produce. And it, you know, there have been people who have done like calculations that if you had to bring this into superheroes, yeah. that if you, if like Spider-Man was actually able to make webs as thick as like they appear mm-hmm. in uh you know the fucking movies right that if they had the same strength as spider silk 
they would be able to to do, do a to do to do Spider Man shit. Like when he stops the train and the, oh, the yeah. second Sam Raimi Spider Man movie. Yeah, that people have like done some calculations. Been like that's actually that could work. You know, it was wow. not impossible. <laughs> um, but so there's a lot of really cool physical uh, things like that that nanotechnology expands to. Um, but what I specifically want to do, I think, is clean energy. Mm, um, the, yeah. yeah, the two interesting fields for me are clean energy with nanotechnology and um, health sciences. So, like I was saying, with the diagnostic stuff, that's there's some really cool stuff. And you know, uh, just like I'm sure everyone, you know, I have had plenty of loved ones suffering from or dead from cancers or different awful diseases, mm-hmm. and it'd be great to find some passion to work. Yeah. Against those, yeah. To but, work against those and yeah. yeah. Because I've I mean, I've done you know, I've just seen like random YouTube videos, if I'm being honest. <laughs> but they they're like informative videos about um, you know, the basically what's happening with the you know, what it started with them trying to like, you know, fix the dust bowl and so mm-hmm. then they use pesticides, right? And then these pesticides had like a, a specific um chemical i don't know the exact name of the chemical but uh then it basically broke down the plant's immune systems it was ddt but i'm not sure (laughs) okay uh but yeah and then i mean so then they had to use other more Mm. more chemicals to get rid of the bugs that were breaking the plants down because the plants didn't have any immune systems and they had to like fix a problem with another right you know another problem came from another solution basically mm-hmm. um but then they were saying that a lot of those chemicals have actually gotten into water and you know even in the air and you know with rain uh, and everything like that yeah. and it it breaks our immune systems down so we're more susceptible to things like cancer and, oh yeah you know, that's i like mean that. it's crazy stuff like that that there's so many issues in society that you know, are caused by us trying to fix other issues. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's like, hey, you know, one step forward, two steps back. You know, yeah, no. Yeah. Hey, we made a uh, you know the super cool stuff, and I sure hope it doesn't blow holes in the ozone layer. <laughs> oh, whoopsie doodle! How do we fix that? <laughs> do you mind if I nerd out with yeah. a parable real quick? Oh, parable on me. Yeah, you probably already heard it, but it's basically there's like this old man in ancient uh, China for some reason, mm-hmm. as always. Uh, but he's more, he works on like a horse farm, right? Right. And then one of his horses run away. And so it runs away and like, you know, his friends come over that night and they're like, Oh, I'm sorry. Your horse ran away. And he's like, well, you know, we'll see. And, uh, then the next day the horse comes back and brings other, like eight other horses back, like mm-hmm. wild horses. And he, all the friends come over and like, Oh, that's awesome. You know, it's great that, you know, your horse came back and he's like, yeah, we'll see if it's you know good or not. And then the next day, his son is out trying to, like, you know, train the, the new horses. Mm-hmm. And he, like, breaks his leg while he's training them. And so everybody comes over, and they're like, oh, you know, I'm sorry to hear about your son. You know, that's awful. Mm-hmm. And he's like, eh, we'll see. And then the next day, you know, army recruiters come in, and they can't take his son because his leg is broken, basically. So mm-hmm. it's just more of, like, again, things that you think are good that you would think would have a positive impact towards you. You don't really know until you watch the results play out a exactly bit yeah it's you know it's something that you know it's everything's always evolving and expanding in ways that you can't always predict mm-hmm. you know and every step forward that we make in any innovation brings on a new set of challenges yeah and that's always been a thing with technology and engineering and whatever is being even like upon the social movements and yeah like exactly that. a lot you of know. the revolutions back in like the 60s ended in a worse country than they had before yeah and it's 
it's it's crazy yeah everything that moves forward has ripple effects that need to be considered you know mm-hmm. and that's that's true with technology it's true with everything mm-hmm. yeah so with you know the expansion like you're talking about how nanotechnology is kind of a newer mm-hmm. field do you see new issues that are appearing from it at all yet absolutely really? um because there's there's a big thing to consider uh there too that when you're talking about things at such a small scale, there's a lot of inherent risks, including, I mean, this is just the fact that, you know, that there's like microplastics everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That's a big issue is that there's, you know, these particles that are so small that we really don't have anything to control. And that's one thing that maybe nanotechnology could be used to amend, but it's also something that, you know, nanotechnology might contribute to. There's a lot of environmental risks with things like carbon nanotubes and graphene where you know if you're the byproducts might end up becoming very environmentally hazardous because they're not they might not be super toxic but they pose a threat because they're so small you're like all right well what even (laughs) what can we do about that so we don't we lost it you know we we, we dumped the trash and it, it turned out the trash was a trillion tiny things that are gonna you know get into our bloodstream god yeah it's pretty intense (laughs) it's all things that need to be considered you know and that's all through science you have to be like okay this is something that you know like this could be a way to cure cancer but is it going to cause some other things to get worse right now so where i guess um moving forward like where do you see your like, I guess your potential being fully fulfilled, like what would be, I guess, the dream job? It doesn't have to necessarily be the end, but, you know, what's the farthest that you've thought about where you would want to be within this industry? Yeah, that's that's tough. Um, like, what would you be doing in that yeah, position um, as well? Because, uh, like I said, you know, I like the idea of clean energy and stuff. Um, and it's, it's also tough when people ask, like, questions. We're like, hey, what do you want to do with your career? And I'm like, well... <laughs> I'm currently pursuing like higher education for nanotech and also stand-up comedy. So like <laughs> people ask like Are you got to pick one of those and like I maybe. <laughs> I think that it's feasible to want to do more than just exist in one field, I guess. Like uh, the lead singer of The Offspring has a PhD and like is currently curing aids uh yeah that even like ken jung or mm-hmm. not ken oh ken jung the the, the, the doctor yeah, yeah, from community and yeah. all this stuff yeah and he's uh yeah he's he's a doctor right he's yeah. a real doctor and he mm-hmm. also does stand up yeah and you know has all these other interests so it, you know it's possible if not very tricky to do both but obviously you know i'm not holding my breath to be the next big comedian right. <laughs> i'm trying my best and i'm out here grinding on it but well, that, and again, that's more of a hobby, I would yeah. say. At least in my opinion. Oh, yeah. It's a hobby until, you know, something kind of happens. Yeah. Uh, but I guess, again, I, I mean, sticking hobby, with the... Dude, I made a full $50 off comedy, so... That's crazy, man. I don't know what you're talking about. That's yeah, a career. Dude, that's 50 times more money than I've made <laughs> off of comedy. But... Uh, don't have so much I've spent on it. <laughs> Uh, oh yeah, true. But yeah, I guess within nanotechnology, I know that's kind of, uh, again, a harder subject to to pin down, but Mm -hmm. like, again, is there something, I guess the purification and clean energy, is there like a specific type of, you know, tech, type of technology or type of research or anything that you would, uh, 
that you have plans to look into even more? Yeah, there, there's there's a lot of stuff. Um, one of the uh, I I'll tell you right now that the lab that I'm trying to that I'm buying to get work in it for this PhD program, what they're doing is sounds like it's straight out of an Isaac Asimov book. Like it's <laughs> it's like, hey, we're doing heat to electricity, uh, thermal conductors and stuff. We're doing micro propulsion systems for like micro forms of levitation and solar sails wow so solar sails like uh boats spaceships interstellar travel because you know how um light has like a little wave particle duality to it yeah it doesn't actually have mass photons don't have mass yeah they kind of are energy yeah, they're a form of energy, but they do have momentum. And that's, you know, Einstein kind of proved that in a way where, you know, E equals MC squared. That equation is like a catchphrase for some people, but, you know, it's the energy is equal to the mass times the speed of light squared. Mm. But if you run that through Planck's equation where the energy of a particle is equal to Planck's constant times the frequency, then you're essentially relating the energy of light to this theoretical mass that it has, which it doesn't have, but it has the momentum from it. It's, it's complicated. Yeah. Quantum mechanics is confusing. Yeah. And anyone who says that they understand it does not understand it. <laughs> um, but basically, you're taking essentially giant mirrors, but using metamaterials, which are, you know materials that you've affected at a nanoscale to improve their properties and make them do things that materials would naturally do. You're creating these super efficient, basically mirrors that reflect all this light. And if you're in the vacuum of space with nothing stopping you, if you're able to push all the momentum from a star that's shitting out light, then you can propel a ship with no fuel, just light at, and it wouldn't be at the speed of light but it would be no but you you utilizing the, yeah the because speed of light. it's in a vacuum there's no counter force preventing this shit from moving you're just taking momentum from light and saying all right move forward that's crazy yeah <laughs> so solar sails are sort of like the our big it's the most feasible way that we've come up with for interstellar travel at this point, you know, mm. because you don't need fuel. You just need the sun, Light, a yeah. star, and mm. there's plenty and of those. a bunch of big old mirrors. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cool, man. So, yeah, I, um, is there anything that you maybe I missed or, like, it didn't go as in-depth in that you made? I mean, there's – I could talk about a bunch of stuff if you want, but, like, right. it's, I, I, you know – I think we covered a lot of it. I can talk about quantum mechanics as a whole and like how it. I would love to talk about quantum mechanics. However, how far deep in this? We are pretty deep in. We yeah. could maybe like you know reassess and come back to that. Yes. Yeah. I also would need to like catch up on my quantum <laughs> mechanics yeah. by watching Cosmos with Neil deGrasse yeah. Tyson. Well, that's the interesting thing is that it's that's like the two theories of how things exist. So that there's really big things and really small things. Right. And we know how really big things work because we have the theory of, you know, general relativity and um, gravity and all that stuff. And that governs how enormous things work. Right. And then really small stuff, we have quantum mechanics. But in the middle, they break down. So we just run through normal physics. 
That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. No. I, but yeah, I would love to. Yeah, we'll definitely yeah. have to reassess. And well, I hope I covered as much as I could and was able to throw some interesting factoids in there. Yeah, <laughs> I learned a lot personally. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it's cool, man. I was uh, good. Thanks for all right class that is the end of the session any questions comments or concerns can be directed towards jamie fitz i have no idea how to re-explain any of that to you um but no uh, i want to thank jamie again just because again that was uh even like going back and re-listening to it while editing it was like a, a whole rediscovery because there's so many topics and things that obviously he's very knowledgeable about and does break it down for me in a way that I do understand it and and, and it perks me up it, it it catches my attention as opposed to say you know listening to something that's a little bit more complex and just kind of nodding off or uh, zoning out and so yeah thanks again Jamie uh, I, uh, I hope everything goes right in your uh, pursuit of that PhD and that's a tricky path to follow but uh, you, you've obviously got the the grinding down so um, I think the rest is just gonna fall in line for you but uh, anyways best of luck to you uh, thanks everybody for listening Jamie you got to come back again we got to talk about quantum mechanics uh, and yeah I hope everybody has a great week thank you so much for listening I love you and then okay bye Jack Kelly, lawyer. Good to see you again. Are those fake hands? No. What, are those fake hands? You know what? Good luck with all of that today. <sighs> Did you see his hands? They're beautiful. I think we should settle. What? Jesus Christ, I'm going to prison. <laughs>